Brain Injury Today is sponsored by the Washington State Traumatic Brain Injury Council and produced by Goal 17 Foundation. It is, a, you know, difficult, but I, I think the message to, to take home from, from folks listening is stay the course. You know, when you're having difficulty, stay the course and ask for help. Welcome to another episode of Brain Injury Today, your connection to the brain injury community. I'm Deborah Crawley, Executive Director for the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington. In this episode, we're going to discuss a really important subject for those who have suffered a brain injury, either staying in or re-entering the workforce. We're lucky to have who I consider a leading expert really not just the state of Washington, but I'm sure Northwest and nationally, uh, Dr. Robert Frazier. Dr. Frazier is professor in the Department of Rehab Medicine and the Department of Neurological Surgery and Neurology at the University of Washington. And as importantly, he is the director of a group that we work very closely with, the Neurological Vocational Service Unit, NVSU for short, which you may hear a bit today. Um, Dr. Bob, as I like to talk to, to him, is still an active psychologist, and one of his specialties is helping individuals with brain injuries. So, Bob, welcome to Brain Injury Today. It's a pleasure to be here uh, today, Deb, with, uh, with you, and it's always been great to work with the Alliance and, and your wonderful case managers who uh, contact us from all over and, and be happy of your clients. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's something we'll get into. So, either keeping your position or returning to work for those with a brain injury is always one of the top five things that folks are calling us about. And it's tough. I mean, either of those are tough, but tell us a little more about the work of NVSU. And I mean, you've had a career of supporting folks with neurological um, injuries and neurological issues. Well, we've been here uh, 45 years, and uh, initially we started out in, in epilepsy. I, I got hired by Dr. Right. Dr. Arthur Ward, who was um, a chair, the first chair of, of neurosurgery, and he said he wanted me, me to go over here and start a, uh, an epilepsy vocational rehab program. And then what kind of happened was uh, about one in six, you know, would also have had a, a, a brain injury. Right. So then we opened it up to, to folks with brain injury. And then we got asked, you know, some of the folks with MS also have cognitive difficulties, but we see folks with MS and then stroke, which is, by the way, is increasing. There's a lot of more younger people, uh, younger adults experiencing stroke today, um, which is a phenomena. And then uh, our more, more recent group is, is folks with autism, uh, mm -hmm. which has doubled in the last three years. We have now 15% of the people we see, but the largest group are, are folks with brain injury. And we offer a full gamut of services. Yep. So that gamut of services would include vocational evaluation, because if you, you know, have had a significant uh, neurological insult, uh, you know, you have certain strengths that are residual and you have other areas of deficiency. And a lot of times 
that's not known. So, so we have to complement that with a, a neuropsychological evaluation. So we know the yes. kind of strengths and, and difficulties. So, um, so we do vocational evaluation complementing with complemented by the, uh, the neuropsychological data, the cognitive mm-hmm. profile of one's strengths and, 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 and difficulties. Uh, we do, um, job tryouts. Mm-hmm. called community-based assessments as funded by DVR. So the Division of Vocational Rehabilitation funds most of our services. They're really right. Uh, so the, the job tryouts are, um, can, it be, can, it, can be up to 215 hours in the private sector. Hmm. And the only reason uh, that can be done is because you technically have a disability. So it's a 1993 Department of Labor waiver. So we have to kind of educate um HR personnel that this can be done, but it's, it's a big avenue for us, uh, particularly right now with COVID. Yeah. A lot of companies uh, are not as um, open to, um, to, to risk, so to speak. They're, they're being very cautious. They don't mm-hmm. want to take chances. But if we can show on the job site that the individual can work, mm-hmm. we get about a, a third of a chance of transitioning to paid work. So we do the tracks, we do job placement and uh, which is, which is interesting right now because a lot of it is virtual mm-hmm. and a uh, good part of it is not. And, and I think what's going to happen is, is a hybrid situation. I think mm-hmm. survey data shows that about two thirds of the people want to work part, partially at home, partially um, on site. And I think that's where post COVID, that's where we're going to be. So we've, we've learned a lot in terms of, of job placement. We have to use the best websites. So, for example, flex jobs out of Boston have become real allies. They actually come into the job club. They're wonderful. And uh, we, can, we can buy our clients a year's uh, subscription, which is only $49.95. Uh, but uh, what's, what's really great about this is, is most of their jobs are virtual. They're, they're done at home. Oh, okay. Our last placement was an individual who um, puts together fo- uh, research focus groups from home, 25 mm-hmm. hours a week, you know, that, that kind of thing. So uh, a lot of those jobs, marketing, a lot of, a lot of these jobs can be done from home. Uh, so we, we use flex jobs. We use zip recruiter, LinkedIn, you know, most HR people use LinkedIn. So we have to make sure our clients have really a cutting edge profile and, uh, and it, it really an engaging profile. Uh, most HR people don't even look at resumes anymore, so to speak. So <laughs> they'll check, they'll really check you out on every type of social media. Social media that you have. Absolutely. So the, the usual individuals were working before their injury, right? And now they're trying to re-enter after they've done some type of rehab. And so they may have had all of that going, like they had their own LinkedIn profile or they had some other social media. Question I have, Bob, is when you're working with folks, and especially now that we're in such a, at least a hybrid world, um, the capacity for utilizing the technology, like, has that been, has, has it worked for individuals mostly? Because I, I, a lot of folks we work with, it, it's overwhelming. It, it definitely is. And they're tiring out. They get so, tired out. But they can come, they can come into, into job club uh, by phone if, if they have trouble with, with technology, you know, so. Oh, okay. They can they can definitely you know kind of kind of do it that way, um, but but in, in a number of instances they are going ac- actually out to the employment site and interviewing. Okay. We got a, a, a young a young guy hired by um, 
by Enterprise to move cars. Oh yeah. And he had to go on site to, to rent into the major offices. So it is happening, but a lot of it is virtual. Yeah. Second thing about this, the, the virtual process, we have to work with them on their whole Zoom presence, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 how to maintain contact with with the camera versus, you know, yeah. with, with a lot it's a lot of work on that. And the whole sequence of getting a job is prolonged. That was happening anyway before COVID. But now, you know, there's the initial interview, which can be 10 to 15 minutes. Right. And there's a second and then there's a third. And this whole process can be very frustrating, if, particularly if you have a brain injury and you have right. difficulty absorbing this whole yeah. process. Yeah. Staying with it. Uh, we, we, we practice uh, their their emails in terms of follow up uh-huh. to make their, their emails more engaging mm-hmm. and, you know, enthused and and the timing not to over email, but you know, what would be appropriate, you know, six business days, et cetera. So there's a lot of work on that. And then, um, of course, accommodation considerations come into play, you know, mm-hmm. and it could be as simple as just a darker room. Like they're going to work at home and that's great because it's darker and quieter and that actually works better for them or, but for some right. other folks, it's more complicated. And how, how do you, cause you have a lot of partnerships already with some employers. How are they reacting to the piece about accommodations and how do you make sure that that's part of the part of the dialogue and discussion kind of from the get-go so that they are on board right well a lot of times we can we can we can figure out the accommodation the neuropsych report the neuropsych Mm -hmm. findings for example if there's an issue with speed of information processing you know that you need to slow down directions you need to highlight the most important priorities in the sequence you know etc so sometimes the neuropsych evaluation can do it but otherwise the job tryout is, is where we we get yeah. a lot of a lot of information but basically uh deb the accommodations fall into three categories if you look at the americans with disabilities act there's pages of accommodations but uh, if we uh-huh. think about this just in three categories are we going to change the procedure okay how it's done uh-huh. are we going to modify the workstation mm-hmm. you know, where they're working mm-hmm. you know uh you know the organization around their workstation mm-hmm. and in some cases we've gone to people's homes with brain injury who are working from home and the lack of organization around their computers uh, alone you know yeah and we sometimes do. i've actually hired because it's going to take so much of my yeah. job time a home organizer yes can, can we have them. done the same <laughs> with folks we work with yes right. right i think i think in fact i think we have one mutual client we <laughs> yeah and then the, the last thing is you know, assistive technology. Okay. And right. that could be, you know, um, you know, a particular software program, mm-hmm. you know, uh, OneNote or, uh, you know, an organization system, um, a reminder system could be on could right. be size of the screen they're, on, they're on, looking they're at, at you they're, know, there's a lot. And, and sometimes it's something more interesting. Like, uh, I was hired by Nintendo up in North Bend about four weeks ago. Uh, this woman was working at the security stop as the trucks come in. And mm-hmm. what she needed was a voice amplifier. And she was trying this one, which is a big belty kind of thing. And she would take it off in between trucks. And then, you know, uh, it, it was it was not working. So um, what, then I, ha- I had to do my own research on that. But it came, came up with a, a nice, comfortable one that just kind of a, attached a little bit to her belt, much smaller. She could wear it all the time and it was not, nice. you know, uh, 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 particularly bulky. 
Um, but we have two lines of, of, of further resources in terms of accommodations. One is the assistive technology lab at the U. All right. People can go and try out, you know, a certain type of software, Great service, different type of app. It's, it's fabulous. Mm-hmm. And the last thing, and I, I do this a lot because we get, get put on the spot is the job accommodation network at West Virginia university. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're almost 24 seven. I mean, I, if I call in a request, they always get back to me within 24 hours. Wow. And the nice thing about that, it's not just the type of accommodation for the problem the person is having at work or even in the home. This, this can also be very applicable in the home. Um, they'll tell you the, the, the product or competing products, the manufacturer, what it costs. I mean, it's wow. absolutely great. And, and so, so for example, on this, on this voice amplification system, I spent probably 15, 20 minutes kicking around the different products with them and then mm-hmm. came up with, you know, kind of a resolution, but I, I, I absolutely love those groups. In fact, they have um, different like uh, um, support teams. So they'll have one for cognitive issues, they uh-huh. have one for sensory issues, they have one for physical. It's, it's absolutely great. And this is at the University of West Virginia? Uh, yep. And it's funded by the Department of Labor. So is that no- nice? What a great resource but, also. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. And, and we use it, you know, quite a bit. Just, just, just particularly if I get, you know, someone calls me and I'm having this problem at work and if I can't come right. up with it with our team quickly, you know, I pretty much go right to them and just say, hey, can you help me out? And uh, we always give them great reviews, which they appreciate. So, Well, that's what's great about you all at NBSU. I mean, you have, you know, this, this piece so well, and it's things like this, like flex jobs I had not heard of uh, this group, um, you know, we our folks mostly go through you. So uh, you're providing these resources, but just for us to know about them and to learn about them, we learned so much from working with you all. I just just want to add in some cases, like right now, I've got a a, um, IT customer service specialist. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we we actually use job coaches and, you know, my, my job coach who's pre-med or, you know, psychology uh, student, et cetera, would have no no clue really how to describe these different products, and so so we pay the coworker directly their hourly salary to meet with our client uh, over lunch, for example, or at the beginning of the day, so they, they can describe what they see as challenges for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some cases, um, for example, like they might highlight the employee manual in terms of key products, you know, and key elements of the job or a, a, a strategy that should use in approaching the customer. And um, so my client would study the, the employee manual, a training manual on weekends, you know, all the highlighters right. could improve on that. Um, you slow down, make sure he's got the customer's request, you know, carefully uh, attended to. Um, and, and the coworker would help him problem solve when, when he got stuck. But make a long story short, he was he went from like low average in the marginal range in the area of maybe being terminated to above mm-hmm. average over about 10 weeks. It's the coworker as trainer is the name of the model. The coworker uh-huh. as trainer. So wow. So, co- so peer mentorship. Peer mentorship, absolutely, absolutely great. Yeah. Um, another thing we have to watch, as you know, is uh, people on SSDI and you mm-hmm. know how that that plays out. In some cases, 
you know, we have to maintain the SSDI and, and mm-hmm. it's in their best interest. They, they mm-hmm. cognitively fatigue 20 hours a week right. is, is best. So we want to stay within the SSDI uh, guidelines as to, as to earnings capacity. Uh, and sometimes they also have uh, uh, insurance, right? Uh, right. From, from their uh, company. And this gets tricky too, because in some cases they can make 20% of the pre-injury salary. In some cases they can make very little, you know, so that, that has to be attended to. So you, there's a lot yeah. of uh, moving parts, uh, right. A right. Of, right. What? A lot of information securing so we can, you know, do the right thing and, and, and optimize uh, people's situation and, and their medical benefits. Right. So you brought up one thing that we've also seen a, quite a bit is, is the fatigue. So the cognitive fatigue, and it's sometimes a difficult conversation, right? Because folks are hoping and many wanting and thinking that they'll go back to full-time work. Um, but we all see as, as it goes along that that's going to be really difficult to obtain. So how do you all, I mean, I know we work collaboratively, but from your professional seat that you're in, how do you all help to navigate that? Well, there's a couple of considerations there. In mm-hmm. some cases, it's an anti-fatigue medication, you know, that's, that's not yeah. addicting. And it's always, it's always important, particularly like in, 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 in multiple sclerosis, which is a, fatigue is a major yeah. issue, uh, making sure that, you know, we're optimizing the available medication. So that's, that's number one. The second thing would be, um, well, often they can only work half time, okay? Right. And so uh, particularly given the current um, COVID environment, uh, flex time is, is very reasonable. So they, yeah. they might do- Yeah, kind of has changed a bit, right? In the right, last so years. they might do two to three hours in the morning and maybe uh, mid-afternoon, you know, another yeah. hour or more. In some cases, I think due to COVID and work from home, um, people are experiencing maybe less fatigue right that, but yeah yeah now that you were talking yeah now that you say that you're right i mean that they, they don't have to commute you know, right they, they commute. <laughs> but you know but often it is procedural so i'll give you an example i had an accounting manager um, in the north seattle area accounting manager for the state for this company okay and so um a lot of times the different departments around the state, the representatives would miss her general informational meeting, which she would do every six weeks or something. Then they would just call her at random to ask for clarification of this and that. So she's trying to get her work done and these calls would come in and then she right. get distracted. Right. And then she couldn't get her work done. And it was, it was disassembling. Yeah. So what we did is we had her start earlier. Okay. So she would come in at seven 30 versus nine and she wouldn't take a call from anybody till 9 30. Then she'd open it up for emails and calls for an hour and 15 minutes. Okay. And she'd go back, uh, take an early lunch, actually go out to her car and yeah, step away from where she was working rest for right. half an hour. Yeah. Come back in, uh, attend to, 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 to task at hand for another hour or so. Yeah. Open it up for another hour and leave at three o'clock. And what she would take home is like uh, people's um, travel costs or little things you could do at home for an hour. And that way she missed rush hour on both sides. Right. So her day was more compact and, uh, and, and, and she could anticipate things, you know, and she didn't get flustered. 
and experience less fatigue. So sometimes just by re, kind of reorganizing, reorganizing the day. Right. You can, yes. You can kind yes. Of, so. But I think that shows the detail to how you work with folks. And I, I mean, we've seen it before, but it's hard to have a, a template to, to, to replicate. I right. guess the template is the individuality of it for everyone right. coming through the doors at BIAWA or NVSU and working sure. together. And you just mentioned something because I think to acknowledge all of the work is bef- before COVID more than now, part of what we always worked on and you guys work on is that whole transportation piece. So, you know, working is not just the job itself. It's all of the other aspects. And so that again, just it's a multi-layered piece for these folks to be successful. Yeah, very, very crucial, very crucial, you know, and, and uh, you, uh, it, and it, again, it's not one size fits all there. You have to, you have to be creative, you know, uh, you know, who can you befriend after being at the company for six weeks and might, you know, they'd be able to give you a ride or you, you, oh, you know, yeah. them out. By doing, so it's, it's, it's just not one. And, you know, volunteermatch.org will have people who volunteer to drive. Oh yeah. So yeah. We've used yeah, that too. Yeah. Right. Right. And the other thing, uh, uh, is there's different um, uh, community groups. For example, the Elks, for some reason, they kind of specialize in, in volunteer driving. You know, it, oh, really? And the last would be church groups or, or yeah. groups at the synagogue, et cetera, reaching out. But um, it's interesting. Um, what kind of resources are, are there? So for folks who are currently employed and, and struggling, so they may have had a mild or moderate, even I'm known as just a mild for us brain injury. Um, and they're struggling at work. We get a few folks calling us, but do the, do, regardless of the injury or the neurological impact, do folks reach out to you guys proactively when they're, I mean, how do they get connected to you? You know, unless it's really like through us or someone else, or it's really at that point where, you know, it's getting, it's getting pretty difficult to keep the job, you know, trying to reach them before that point. Yeah. You know, we do get quite a few referrals from, from you folks, which I very yeah. much appreciate that. Yeah. But um, we get a lot of um, referrals directly from the physician, you know? Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, so particularly uh, we send our newsletter out to neurologists. So they yeah. can know we're here and, and, and that's where we get a lot of calls or a friend told them about it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you do much outreach with um, human resource professionals? Yeah, I, I, I particularly um, city of Seattle. I mean, yeah. we know their HR department extremely well. Um, we are in touch with um, a, a number of HR departments. One of the things that happened with the increasing um, percentage of people with autism, uh-huh. we kind of um, reached out to Microsoft. Microsoft has a, an yeah. autism program. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they've changed that. They modified it. So now it's a neurodiversity program. Okay. So they're making an effort. Um, Amazon is making an effort. Uh, so uh, more companies uh, are, are making an effort under, For inclusion. The, under, under, under the mantle of diversity, right? Yeah. So, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it has kind of been under the radar for decades, let's face it. And, and, when you look at discrimination in the workplace, as much as anything, uh, discrimination towards those with disabilities is still 
unfortunately, you know, I just see it. It's high and it's, and it is, it is for all the good work both organizations do and NVSU does. I mean, we know that they're doing the best they can. And yet sometimes, you know, we come up against barriers within the workplace and it's, it's disheartening. It is, you know, difficult people get isolated at home. They get absolutely. And they, they get a little hopeless, you know, and, and, uh, they really do need uh, yeah. your support, our support. But I, I think the message to, to take home from, from folks listening is stay the course. You know, when you're having difficulty, get back to that DVR counselor you talk to and ex- explain the difficulty you're having. And, you know, they do have some time for some handholding because they're not in the office. And so <laughs> they can get back to you and, and help walk you through it. Okay. Or yeah. they can assign a technician. To, to go online with you and walk you through it because that, that that's what it can take. So stay the course and, and ask for help. I guess I would. That, that's, ex- thank you. Because I was just thinking that as you were saying, that is again, another piece is folks we work with, um, you know, going through the DVR, going through the NVSU process, working with us is it's okay to ask for help that their communication uh, to let us know when you need the help is really what we want because yeah. then we can work with you to figure it out together. But it, it's, and it's, it's a good thing, you know, yeah, your, case manager, your case managers have been very helpful. And I'm, I'm, I'm including, uh, you know, people outside the Seattle area, up, up yeah. north, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, but they, they can be very helpful to the client too. Yeah. And yeah. Getting, getting, that's getting in the, the guidance. Door. Mm-hmm. Get, getting them in the door. Once you get in the door with the state uh, visual location, we have, you know, things can work out well, but you have to get yes. in the door. Getting in the door, regardless of the door, the DSHS door, the DVR door, right. the you name any of those system doors. And yeah, and that's where we're there to support. But as I end, I will say working with NVSU is always, uh, we just think so highly of the work, you know, you've done research in this area for decades, Bob, and you know, it's just, we're so lucky literally to have you as a resource. They literally are across the street from us. So we could walk across the street and see each other more, but we're. We're vice versa, vice versa, uh, Deb. And, and if anybody just wants more information, uh, you just go to our website, which is nbsrehab.org, Neurological Vocational Services, nbsrehab.org. And there'll be a, a link, a client link, and there's our intake form and all the information about each of the services that I discussed today. We will be sure to have all of that on our show notes. So everything we'll make sure we have from you, Bob. We want to make sure it's easy to connect with some of these other websites that you mentioned too. Thank you so much, Deb. It's a pleasure to work with you and, 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 and the clients you send us. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brain Injury Today. If you want to get in touch with our guests, you can find that information on our show notes for this episode. Please be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. Give us a rating and share the podcast with your family and friends. As always, you can find support by calling our resource line at 877-982-4292 or visiting biawa.org. Remember, you're never alone, and we'll see you soon on the next episode of Brain Injury Today.